TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, let's see what our heart at. I can't believe it. Check your heart. For the next two hours, get ready as we cover the NFL like no one else. This is the Wade Ford Tailgate Show. We're between the white lines. This is football. This is football. Welcome to the big leagues. Welcome to the big leagues. A complete look around the NFL and especially our Falcon. It's the Wade Ford Tailgate Show. On the home for our Falcons. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Rise up. Rise up, rise up. It is game day for the Atlanta Falcons. Rise up, rise up. Here we go, a beautiful Sunday in Atlanta. Boy, it is a gorgeous day out there, and we are in the Kia Studios. We are not in the smooth lot because the Atlanta Falcons are not here in town. For the first time this season, the Atlanta Falcons head out on the road. Today, an NFC showdown against two rising clubs as the 2-0 Falcons take on the Detroit Lions in Michigan. And welcome to the Wade Ford Tailgate Show. Wade Ford Tailgate Show brought to you by Wade Ford, Atlanta's Ford dealer from the Kia Studios today. We have uh, Harper LaBelle, former Falcon, and of course our Falcons reporter and insider Joe Patrick alongside John Fricky, and we are ready for football, gentlemen. It is going to be, here we are, week three, we're, we're, we're talking about the, the Falcons uh, haven't lost the game yet, not gone for Micah. <laughs> hey, Joe, has has John had a cup of coffee or two, <laughs> or is he just amped naturally because we're 2-0 and right now? Hey, I think we're all, I think we're all amped, you know? It's, it, it feels like fresh horizons. You know, you're going to find this funny. This is the first day I probably have not had a cup of coffee in like 10 years. Stop it. No, seriously. I, 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 I got up late. I didn't want to deal with the cat. I thought I'd go to the racetrack and get coffee. By the time I got to the racetrack, I went, oh, just go out in. <laughs> so no, really? Have, so this is natural? Coffee. This is natural. You are <laughs> PED free? <laughs> It'll be an interesting show. Uh, Harper, the Falcons are 2-0 and on the year, uh, and uh, we're all excited about the po- possibility of them uh, uh, being a pretty good team. Uh, so let me ask you this. When you're talking about a team that hasn't won, a franchise that hasn't won, and all these new players, you've been in the locker room. How much does belief in yourself, when you get off to a start like they did, win a game the way they did against the Packers in the fourth quarter, how much does that belief is, is that just a thing that we fans think is something that's important, or is it actually important inside a locker room? Well, uh, my thing is if the coaches are telling you to do stuff and then you've got the general manager putting things together and the finances and who's on a long-term contract and who's not, there are a lot of things that take place in the locker room. Does it work? That's the result. Does it work? Is what they're telling us is the way we're being coached and, you know, is it working? And you're seeing results right now. How many times, either in baseball or in football, do you see a team lose a game late in it 
uh, with just a few seconds left or in the eighth or ninth inning. And now we're starting to win the games. We we had a few last year. We're seven and nine two years, right? We're seven and nine. Mm-hmm. But now you're two and zero, oh and you're seeing the thing, the hard work. It's paying off, and then the result. It just keeps you driving. I used this example once. How many times can you play in a basketball game where you go up and down the court? You don't touch the ball much, whatever. But when you tip in that offensive rebound and get two point, you're the first guy to cross <laughs> half court and back. You, your energy level just uh-huh. changes, and it's natural. You're not as tired because you're seeing results. And at two and zero, the Falcons are seeing results that they haven't seen in a while, and it's a great place to be. Joe, the uh, Falcons um, get off to this start with Desmond Ritter at quarterback. Desmond now four and two. As a starter, but all four have been at home. He's going to have to get over. That's that's the next big hurdle for a young quarterback. He's got to win on the road, and today will be a tough test. I think that's one of, if not the most intriguing aspect of this game, is to see how he's able to perform on the road because of what you just said there, John. And I will say, um, one one reason to maybe be optimistic, despite his road record so far as a professional, uh, is the fact that we've seen him last year when he got the job, he progressed through four games, almost linearly, like every single game was better than the previous one. And I think that we've seen that so far through two games. And so I'm not I'm not thinking that he's going to revert to being the quarterback that he was when he first was introduced in New Orleans and in Baltimore in that super cold game last year. I think that he's going to be a step beyond that. I think an, a very intriguing uh, thing to watch in this game is going to be how do the Falcons attack the Lions overall in the passing game because they're missing so many players and some of the players that they are missing some of the key injuries that they have are in that secondary where you would hope the Falcons would be able to take advantage yeah we'll certainly get into all that break down the injuries a little bit later on during the wait for tailgate show we're coming to you from the uh, Kia studios today as we uh, head towards a one o'clock kick in Detroit uh, of course, Wes and Dave on the call. Uh, we'll take you to the network pregame coming up at 11. This is the Wade Ford Tailgate Show live on this Sunday morning with John and Harper and Joe. Uh, Harper, um, you you and I were talking right before the show, and you mentioned something that I thought was interesting. One of the things we've seen with the two, and this is what happens with 2-0 and o starts, Arthur Smith is all over the place. He's on this show and that show and NFL Network and ESPN, and all of a sudden he's on you know all these everywhere. Uh, so he's getting a lot of attention. But these two coaching staffs, Dan Campbell got a lot of attention at the end of last year for the run that the Lions went on. You mentioned they came in at the same time. They're kind of similar staffs. Is this a case where these two rising teams are rising together in kind of similar paths? Yeah, absolutely. I think that the uh, turnover was a little bit more severe if you're in Detroit in terms of players. Uh, They were really quick to, we're not very good, and we're going to get better in a hurry. Uh, So they've really relied on their draft picks. Um, Dan Campbell's just a guy that when you first see him, you think, if I ever get in a bar fight, I sure want him on my side, <laughs> yeah. as opposed to the other way around. Um, and his culture is, uh, and I was teasing with you guys, I showed the picture that's on the website of Dan in his coat and tie with his official picture, you know, here's our head coach. And I asked you what question, what did I say? Do you remember what I, 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 I asked both you guys? Is there anyone that looks more uncomfortable in a coat and tie than Dan Campbell in this picture right here? It just, it's the, the picture just looks like he's got Adidas shorts on underneath that. It, that. Pr- pretty much, yeah. It's like a Zoom call, yeah. right? Where, he, where he, He's ready to go to the beach right afterwards. But but he is a tough former player, and he's got a lot of really good coaches around him that are excellent at what they do. And he's he's got to change a culture that's gone on for multiple decades of losing and losing and losing. He's got to change the culture, and he's bringing in some new bodies, <clears throat> excuse me, and doing some things that 
absolutely any coach needs to do, but they've got to catch up. So he's got to do it faster. And so I think he's getting a lot more attention. Real quick to your point just a moment ago, could there be an easier place for Desmond Ritter to start the first game? I mean, the temperature may be 73 instead of 72, but in a controlled atmosphere and you're in a dome, uh, I thought Green Bay traveled really well last week. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there were a lot of fans. There's going to be a buzz at the beginning of the game because Detroit is going nuts right now for this team. They're very excited about it, but... You can last silence week, them. Last week didn't put any damper on that? With their loss against Seattle? Mm-hmm. That, that, that's, that's a hurdle that they still have a chance to win the division. Oh, I still and think for, they're favorites. For, and for Atlanta to beat a division rival, I think that'll just make them even more amped, at, the, at least at the beginning. Now, if they get behind 14 nothing, I've heard plenty of boos. With Barry Sanders and Scott Mitchell and Luther Ellis and some of the other – big Detroit names from those 90s teams that were as successful as anything that they've had recently. But they will turn on you, but they will come right back as soon as Barry gets the ball in the end zone, and they will come back today if Jared Goff has a has a big 350-yard day. Well, and I think that that result that the Lions had last week against the Seahawks actually makes them maybe a little bit of a tougher team to go against this week because you feel like they have something to prove to those fans, like you mentioned, Harper. they should be two and up. Yeah, right. right exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, but but also, it's very tough for them again with all these injuries. I know we're going to get to it later in the show, but um, if you're going to get at this Lions team, it feels like this is the week to get them. Uh, the Falcons have had some some amazing injury luck. Uh, really, the back back half of last year and coming into the first half of this year was just missing some some key opponents, and they've been relatively healthy. But obviously, none of that matters if you don't take advantage of it on the field with the X's and O's. You know, you can talk about numbers all you want, Harper, and and look at all the percentages, but if the Falcons do go into Detroit today and win at 3-0 and with three conference wins under their belt and a division win and a road win, and the, the odds of playoffs go skyrocketing up for a team. So for the Falcons, this is, you know, everybody says, well, Detroit cannot afford to lose back-to-back home games in the conference. I get that. But it's also the, the plus side for the Atlanta Falcons is enormous. Yeah. Yeah. Who cares how many yards Desmond has in, in his throwing category here today if you get the win? Doesn't matter. It winning is the most important. Now, is it nice to have if he has a two hundred and fifty plus yard day? Yeah, that'd be fantastic. If we rush for one hundred and eighty yards somewhere in that, yeah, that'd be great too. Special teams has a good day. Blah blah blah. You could go all down the line, but the, the ultimate goal is is to win the game. And if you get if you sneak out with a win here today, uh, absolutely that that is astronomical numbers. It's about sixty four percent when you're two and zero. There were. Six or seven teams last year that were two and zero, and they all made the playoffs last year. This is a different year, but is sixty four percent of teams that are two and zero they make the playoffs? So you know, Joe, a lot was made about the win last week and the fact that Desmond Ritter at Cincinnati and now with the Atlanta Falcons, twenty six and zero in college at home, four and zero with the Atlanta Falcons, thirty no hadn't lost a home game yeah. since he was in high school. Junior his junior year, I think. Yeah, so that's great. That's wonderful. But you got to in the NFL if you're going to make the playoffs, you got to win on the road. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, it's something that it goes back to the preparation that Desmond Ritter puts in. I remember talking to Charles London, the quarterback coach last year, uh, who's now in Tennessee, but he would talk about Desmond Ritter getting in at 6 a.m. Arthur Smith talked about having to cut. He, he, Arthur Smith sounded a little bit annoyed that he had to kind of rush into the building to make sure he beat his his backup quarterback in because you don't want to be you know, you your backup quarterback getting in before the head coach. Yeah, waiting in the parking lot. Hey, but, coach, with th- yeah. thanks for showing up. Right, <laughs> but but I think it's a, it's, <laughs> I'm it's ready a, to go to work. It's it's maybe the annoying feeling that you kind of want as a coach as well that you have a, a, a young quarterback like that who's willing to put in the work. And the reason I say this is because Desmond Ritter has talked about. 
I want to be prepared so that if I hear half the play call, I know what the play is and I can operate it. And the reason he said he's talked about that is in case a headset cuts out or the helmet radio cuts out, you want to be prepared for these kinds of situations. But it's obviously going to come in handy when you go on the road and you're maybe in a loud environment that he hasn't been in really for a long time. I mean, his last road game was that that game last year against the Baltimore Ravens. So it's been a while for him since he's been in that environment. But you have to have full confidence that a player that prepares the way that Desmond Ritter does will be ready for that moment. Yeah, that's an interesting thought, too, is you know, what situation will I be ready for that no one can ever be ready for? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the headset goes out, and you, at least for one play. You've got to be able to do something. Instead of just, I always call it the thumb out expression, where you have both <laughs> thumbs and you put your hands up in the air, but your palms are exposed to the heavens, and you just go, uh, I don't know what to do. He doesn't want to be in that situation. So get in early. Do your work. He, he's he's a grinder, and although the numbers aren't great, they're getting better, but they're still not great. You know, we don't have a guy that throws for 350 yards. The only number I care about, what, what he's 2-0, and right? What's the yep. final score? Yeah, okay. That's right. your number, right? I mean, it'd be all these Desmond Ritter people, I would say to them, okay, I'm with you. how many yards, what's his completion percentage? Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. Where's he ranking QBR? I, I don't know. Cut. cut. Because he's two and zero. Oh. Well, and what Arthur yeah. Smith will tell you is it's 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 the key downs, it's the you know key moments in games, it's red zone, it's third down. That's where Desmond Ritter has shined in the fourth quarter. Those are the things you really want your quarterback to be able to not kind of shrink under those lights, under those kinds of pressure situations. And the other stuff, I think that Arthur Smith feels like they can fix. Whether that's you know more training over the course of Desmond Ritter's career, whether that's the coaching staff putting him in some better opportunities with the play calling and whatnot, I think they feel like they can get that stuff fixed. But what they really like about Desmond Ritter, what I think every Falcons fan should be excited about, is the way he's performed in these crunch situations. It is the Wade Ford Tailgate Show as we count down to the Falcons and Lions. A one o'clock kick from Ford Field in Detroit. Live on your home at the Falcons Sports Radio 90 time of the game. This portion of the Wade Ford Tailgate Show is brought to you by the Man Cave Store. Up your Man Cave game this football season. And uh, it's something that every guy's got to have, right? A Man Cave at the mancavestore.com. When we get back, they were talking about injuries. Let's talk about the health of these two teams because Detroit's got a couple of issues. It is the Falcons and Lions today live on Sports Radio 92.9 the game. Yeah, I mean, it's huge, especially for us. We're a young group. We're very physical to the point of attack. I think that just having that confidence in us and knowing practice, we prepare for that situation and how it came up, I think it was pretty cool to see it really get executed. B. John Robinson talking about fourth down, gambling, and execution by the Atlanta Falcons. It is a Falcons game day on Sports Radio 90. Join the game from the Kia Studios. Wait for tailgate show. John Fricky, Harper LaBelle. And Joe Patrick counting down to the network pregame at 11 and kickoff at 1 o'clock this afternoon with uh, Wes and Dave live from Ford Field. And, uh, Joe, I- I'm kind of curious from, a, you know, what you're hearing in Flowery Branch here. Uh, gambling art is the best kind of art, and he gambled uh, more than once on fourth down. And if, if nothing else, I think that, uh, you know, not only did it work, but it also started to earn him a bit of a reputation as being somebody that isn't as, I think, that, that the thought was, well, he's really a conservative coach, mm-hmm. he wants to run it, but he does stuff like that, maybe people go, oh, okay, maybe he's got a little bit of that Mad Hatter in him. Yeah, well, and it's funny because when you hear Arthur Smith talk about it, for him, it's not gambling at all. For him, it's just following the numbers. He's just doing the, the thing that gives you the best winning percentage, and every move that he pulled, every, every, every call on what some of those crucial fourth downs and whatnot in that game against the Packers increased the Falcons win probability. And he says, it's just, you know, it goes back to even Theo Epstein, who he's, who he's mentioned, who's kind of revolutionary revolutionized the saber metrics and in, in baseball, but it's just, 
it's just the analytics that, you know, if you make one decision, it's going to give you a certain percentage chance of winning versus another. And it's very interesting, though, coming off of last year where, especially in that first game against the Saints last year, was probably the most scrutiny he has come under for something like that, where he decided to punt the ball back to the Saints when they were deep in their territory, not deep in their territory, but on the edge of field goal range, could have kicked a field goal, could have even gone for it on fourth down, did neither of those, punted it away, which was actually the, the worst statistical odds. Uh, and then, of course, the Saints go back down the field and win that game in a heartbreaking fashion for the Falcons. So I think it does show a little bit of growth on Arthur Smith's part. And uh, it's great to see the team really kind of embrace that in those key moments. Yeah, isn't it neat how you see if it doesn't work, like I said earlier, if it doesn't work, oh, man, I don't know. But when it does work, now, Joe, is is, is uh, John giving him a, a nickname, right? We don't have Riverboat Ron. Remember how we had Ron Rivera was Riverboat, <laughs> right, you know, just because right. he would do something goofy. And um, But, you know, Belichick has done that all the time. And he got that from Parcells, who had no problem bringing his quarterback out in punt formation and then running a fake. And it, if nothing else, just causing the opponent to call a timeout. Right. We weren't right. ready for this. And so we're going to put you in situations. We see something on film. If we can take advantage of it. How big yesterday was that Oregon fourth down fake punt back inside? I think they were at their 18 yard yeah. line. They get yeah. the first down and uh, the fans went nuts. The players went nuts on the sideline. And the result was uh, four or five plays later, they're in the end zone for a touchdown. So there's a lot of emotional reasons for trying to do something a little bit out of what the text would say. And I love it. And I love Arthur Smith just showing his uh, his hand a little bit with you know how he's feeling emotionally with obviously the the that moment that get caught on gets caught on camera where he puts his hands on mm-hmm. his head when he right. thinks for a split second this is not going to work how I thought it was uh, but obviously the T pulls it out that was a funny moment. Yeah, I, there's another side benefit to this too, which is if you get that kind of reputation at some point. You know, it's fourth down and one, you come to the line and, and you can do a hard count and get somebody to jump. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. I mean, yep. because people, oh, they're going for it. Yeah, and we're really not, but we're just going to hard count you and see if we can't get you to, to jump. Uh, Harper, uh, talk to me about Bijan. Is he as good as you expected he'd be? Is he better? In the Green Bay game, I'm sitting in the stands and the one play, the kind of wide play where he, oh, one guy misses, up, oh, another guy misses. I look over at uh, the guy next to me, the Falcons fan that I made friends with in the stands, and we both looked at each other and went, oh, Barry Sanders is alive. He's not Barry's size, but he can go from left to right and then go full speed. Yeah. And go forward as quick as anybody. And Barry was probably one of those examples. Barry is a guy that could put 600 pounds on his back and squat, deep squats. You know, he was just a freak that could do that. But if you looked at some of the pictures of Barry, his shoe almost looks like it's going to explode off the lower part of his foot. He's putting so much pressure on the turf because he's able to turn and rotate his body and his balance and full speed was incredible. Bijan made a catch in the preseason. There's nobody around. It's not a big deal, but he was horizontal. He makes a one-handed catch and pulls it in. And from that point on, I said, this guy's the limit. (laughs) He doesn't need to impress me. He already has. But for him to make people miss like he does, it is very impressive. And the rest of the league is is taking notice of it. I I cover soccer, and in soccer, you'll hear this phrase, like, players express themselves on the field. And that is what B. John Robinson does. When he's running the ball, he's expressing himself. He's expressing his athletic ability and it's apparent for 
all of us to see in the stands, but I also think it's it's apparent to the defenders who sometimes look like they're chasing ghosts out there, the way he's able to move, and they're kind of just grasping at air. It is truly fun to watch, and it's just one of those things that just aesthetically kind of takes your breath away. Uh, this portion of the uh, Wade Ford Tailgate Show is brought to you by Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster is the official ticket marketplace of the Falcons and the NFL. Good point, Joe, in that you will notice at the high school, college level, even in the pros, when guys are diving and missing, that means that there's a speed factor that nobody has accounted for. And he, Bichon, when Chris Berman does that, whoop, you know, that little uh, sound that he makes when he's doing his show, he'd be doing that quite a bit. He'd, he'd, yeah. he'd be wearing his voice out by, <laughs> by doing that when you have Bijan highlights. All right, we're talking about the Atlanta Falcons and a winning culture that is developing in flowery branches. They tried to go to 3-0 and today against the Detroit Lions. Jesse Bates, one of the new stars, uh, talked about winning and how that kind of breeds on itself, uh, one of the themes today. Uh, this week in Flowery Branch. You know, I've been saying it since uh, when I first signed here. I want to be part of something special. And, um, you know, we got special guys in here at every level. I always say at every level you got leaders um, and people that have experience and, you know, that, that want to be, you know, winners. Um, and this city deserves to be winners. So um, we're just excited. Like you said, everybody's excited to be a part of something special. Um, you know, the goal was to go 1-0 this week, and we did that. So we get 24 hours to celebrate. And, uh, we'll be back on uh, next week against Detroit on the road for the first time. Hey, you talk about winning, uh, Joe, and uh, in that locker room. Harbor alluded to it earlier. It's kind of the theme that we've been working off a little bit this year, and that is uh, today, I should say. Back in 2016 in the Super Bowl year, uh, the uh, whole uh, brotherhood of the Atlanta Falcons, you know, I was in the locker room. Hugh and I were in the locker room quite a bit, um, you know, every week, uh, a couple of times a week, uh, and, and that brotherhood thing was real, and they bought into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you bring in players, you don't just bring in players that can fill roles or become stars like Bijan and Jesse Bates have done so far. But you, when you're bringing in free agents here, you're bringing in guys from the Baltimore Ravens, from the Cincinnati Bengals, from the New Orleans Saints, guys that are used to winning. And so it's not just like, oh, we bought in a free agent who can help because he's used to it. They bought in seven. They bought right. in eight. I mean, they bought in a bunch of guys, all of whom are like, hey, guys, by the way, we all, we've all won. Hey, see this Super Bowl ring? I mean, we've all been there. Mm-hmm. And I think it was super important for the Falcons to really look at that as, as a key characteristic because when you look at this team, I mean, there are not a lot of winners. And it's not necessarily any of these players' faults. It's just that they've been in Atlanta during a period of time where the team has just kind of been stuck in this rut and they haven't had that kind of winning mentality, that winning culture. And uh, somebody talked about it this week. You have to develop to the point, it was Jerry Gray actually who was talking about his time in Green Bay. It has to get to a point where you, you expect winning. And, and, and if anything less is a shocking disappointment throughout the entire club. And he talked about that when Green Bay is going 13-3 and three every single year. That's just the culture that you develop. And uh, Jesse Bates is going to be one of those players who helps develop that culture in Atlanta. Great signing. Um, made his presence known from pretty much down one. In week one, you know, he had two picks and a forced fumble, and uh, you couldn't ask for a better game. Years ago, when I was still playing, uh, I roomed for two years with Scott Case, and Scott was a guy as a defensive safety, you know, the last line of defense, so to speak, that let his pads do his talking for him, if you know what I mean. He didn't have to lead by being in the press all the all the time, and Jesse does that too. Yeah. When Scott joined the uh, the uh, Cowboys and he ended up in, in a Super Bowl there, he was reunited with his college coach Barry Switzer. I called him in the middle of the year. I said, "Hey, what's what's the, what's it like there? What's what's your culture like?" And he said, 
the hardest working guy on our roster, every one of them is the best guy on our team. Troy Aikman is out early. He stays late. Michael Irvin is out early. He stays late. They run routes all together. Deion Sanders, every guy accepted their role. Now, Charles Haley, who was in a critical factor on defense, had a really bad back, and he kind of nursed that during the week. He would not practice at all, but he turned out and let his pads do the talking on game day. He'd have two sacks. He'd have a forced fumble. He'd have some other big thing that he would do to help their team win. The best players were the hardest workers, and the other guys see that, and they go, I'm not going to get outworked by this old man. I'm going to work hard myself, and it just trickles down in terms of your your locker room, and and that is your brotherhood that you talked about earlier, John. Yeah, we try and find a, and develop an identity of this particular Atlanta Falcon team. Well, so far, their identity has been in their two wins. We are a fourth-quarter come-from-behind kind of team. Uh, Desmond Ritter spoke to the fourth-quarter comebacks against Carolina and Green Bay. You see the Atlanta Falcons out there will never be down for the count. Uh, we're going to fight until that clock hits zero. So, you know, that's what I'm proud of this team and everyone on this team uh, for not giving up, not, you know, and just keep going out there and just fight until that clock hits zero. Yeah, all right. Good news, bad news, uh, Harper. Uh, you, NFL's fourth quarter, if you're a fourth quarter team, that's going to go a long way in the NFL. But you can't be not a first three-quarter team either. <laughs> It'd be nice if you didn't need – you know, a, a big play with five seconds left right. to win the game. Uh, and eventually we'll get to that point. But for right now, winning the close ones, making the difference. When I first got here, 1991, the Braves were always, you know, the, the previous year they would be losing that game in the eighth or ninth inning. And then they started winning them. And you want to watch the end of the game. And you stay a little bit later because you know something interesting is going to happen. And it builds on itself. They were, you know, they had 40 wins in the eighth or the ninth inning where they had to come from behind. And get next thing you know, they're playing in a World Series. So the 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 trickle down from that, again, is you build on small successes and you're able to do it in the fourth quarter. It begins to work. And next thing you know, you're you're ahead by seven and you have the ball and you get a first down with two minute with the two minute warning and the other team has to burn their timeouts and the game just ends. We're not quite there yet, but we're getting there. They have to be more consistent throughout a game, but don't get it twisted. Everybody in the building knows that. I was talking to Bijan Robinson this week, and he said exactly that. Like we know that we have to be more consistent from the beginning of the game to the end. That's kind of the the main focal point for this offense right now. That if what they want to improve is making sure that they're not in those situations that they found themselves in down by 12 points in the fourth quarter, because statistically you're going to lose those games more often than not. But certainly it was great to see them be able to come through in that situation. I know it's cliche, but isn't that the case today? I mean, you got to try and take yeah, that crowd absolutely. out of it. I mean, early on, you know, if they're rocking early on at, at Ford Field, you you may be, you know, you may be in a world of hurt. It becomes ten times harder to come back in that situation when you're on the road, and the and the opposing fans can get involved. And it makes the crowd noise so much more, and makes it harder for your offense to operate. It's it's even more important this week. Yeah, and there are a lot of situations where you've got little things that you do to kick yourself out of being in good position. You know, first down and ten, and you get a five yard penalty for you know. Procedure. Mm-hmm. Now you're playing, and Matt Ryan used to say it for years. He goes, we're playing outside the sticks. It's first and 15. But it, Why do you do that? Just get four yards on first down. Second, six, you can do just about anything. Don't get the penalties. Don't do silly things. You know, Don't drop a ball that is one you're going to catch 99 times out of 100. Just make those little plays be consistent, and then that will take the crowd out of it because your discipline and your good play forces them to go, uh, we don't have a whole lot to cheer about right now. Live on a game day Sunday, Wade Ford Tailgate Show, Harper LaBelle, Joe Patrick, John Fricky at the 92.9 The Game Studios, heading towards the Falcons and Lions, a 1 o'clock kick in Detroit today. We'll look around the rest of the NFL for this week three. 
Wonder if the uh, TB exec said, you know that uh, Bengals Rams Monday Night Football game? With me, we have to rethink that one. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, discuss where we're at. What about the Swampers and what they're up against? As we uh, look at three two and zero teams in the NFC South next. It is a game day Sunday. You may have heard a little kiss action going into the break. That's uh, Harper LaBelle working with our esteemed producer, Noel White, on a little Detroit-themed music. And John was loving it. Yeah, well, I mean. Big kiss guy. They were, they were big when I was a senior in uh, high school in Lithonia, out there in DeKalb County, back in, uh, back in the late Are 70s. they still touring? Are they still oh, yeah, yeah. They've been they've around. They've <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you got Paul Stanley out there doing all those commercials about Rockstar. That's you know, right. that's, that's right. a great yeah, commercial, yeah, yeah. though. That is so fun to watch. That hey, you're not a rock star. You're not a rock star. Oh my gosh! The Whiteboard Tailgate Show, sponsored by Fireshire, the makers of the W Sauce, the official sauce of our tailgate. Bigger, better, bolder. Now even spicier. Visit the WSauce.com. To find a retailer near you, and the W Sauce is uh, always worth it. It's really, if you've never tried it, really, really good stuff. Sort of like the Atlanta Falcons. Let's look around the league this week. All right, three, uh, I, Harper, I wanted to spell something. This is why I said at the beginning of the year, I was on the air, and I said, you know, all this talk about the Falcons have the easiest schedule in the NFL, and, and the NFC South sucks, and I'm like, I say, you know, we say this every year, but then you play the games, and things change, and... When things change, suddenly that easy game becomes far more difficult or that really difficult stretch of three games against, oh, my God, teams becomes manageable. And the NFC South suddenly finds itself in a situation where they have three 2-0 teams and the division doesn't look so soft anymore. Yeah, how about changing your mind, press core, because you're going to do that every year. It's it's going to happen. Do you like having the two Monday night games? I guess. I mean, it, it doesn't really make much difference to me. I mean, no, I don't. You, you just just want to have one. Just one. I am. How about flexing a Monday night game this early in the season? Yeah, right. Because the Rams and Bengals. Oh my God, is that a disaster <laughs> of a matchup? Yeah, yeah. You know, whew, no Joe Burrow and the Rams are what they. Okay, all right, yeah, all right. No, yeah, I know. I know. Uh, let's start with the let's start with the Swampers. Uh, Joe, the Swampers are up in Green Bay today. Go Pack Go. I can say it now. Yeah, go Pack Go. <laughs> he didn't say go, it last pack, week. Go <laughs> All you people with cheese heads coming into the stadium, I'm with you this week. All right. Um, they're up in Green Bay, but the Swampers have their own issues. I mean, they're a little dinged up too. And uh, and now you have Marcus May has been suspended. On top of this is the final game of the Alvin Kamara suspension. So they lose their starting safety for three games for a DUI that happened in the past. And now, you know, Alvin Kamara today, you're up at Lambeau Field. Uh, and so, um, you know, tall task, but the Swampers are off to a 2-0 start. And there's some questions after that fourth quarter about Jordan Love. Yeah, they are. you got to give them credit. I, I do think it's a tough game for them to go back to Green Bay to then play the Packers, who are obviously coming off of a loss to our Falcons here. Um, I, 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 I haven't really made my mind up about the Saints yet. My, my priors coming into the season where I thought they were being pretty significantly overrated by the media. I think they were the betting favorites in the NFC South to win the division. I always thought the Falcons were the best team in the division. I would still hold to that right now. Um, but, you know, you got to give the Saints credit. And the, the main thing that surprised me about them is their defense. I thought they would have a pretty significant drop-off with some of the players they lost, frankly, a couple of them coming here to the Falcons. Um, but 
the defense has been what's kind of carried them through a couple weeks. And I think that the national media was thinking that it was going to be Derek Carr who was going to be leading them. But I haven't really been impressed that by that offense. But to your point there, John, um, they can really use Alvin Kamara getting back because that's going to help them a lot in that respect. Joe, what do you think about Jordan Love having to play two games in his starting year? You know, this is his legacy. And they've both been on the road at Chicago and then here in Atlanta. This will be the first time that he's actually got a few cheers going yeah, for him. Yeah. Uh, even though the team travels well, we know they always have. But it'll be completely different when he goes out to warm up. Will they embrace him at being one and one? Or I know if they were two and zero, oh, they just oh, we love this. This you're our guy. Yeah, forget yeah. Rogers, forget this Favre guy. You're you're the man. I don't think they're there yet, but they're they have to be in that direction. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, I, I think that I think they'll you know embrace him with open arms. I thought that he was actually quite good last week. I know that he didn't really perform in the fourth quarter, and the Falcons did a great job, really just stifling that Packers offense. Um, and but I thought that if you look at Love's numbers, they're way depressed from what they should be because two of the biggest plays of the game, which should have been passing yards for him, were defensive pass interferences by the Falcons. So you could easily add a hundred passing yards onto what he ended up with in that game. Uh, I think he's he's looking. Good. I think similar to Desmond Ritter. I think that there's obviously some shortcomings there, but I think he's got a lot going for him as well. And I think Matt LaFleur and that Packers staff will just kind of continue to feel him out and, and, and be able to find a way to utilize him the best. John, do you think that the Packer, Packer fans, I know you just did your Go Pack Go, are a little disappointed? Because when you look at the schedule, he we runs got out at of Chicago the field today. and at Atlanta, we should be 2-0, and don't you think? Well, there's he runs Packer- out of the field today, and the Packers fans are going to be screaming at him in, in colorful terms, don't you mess up like you did in Atlanta, you owe us. Okay? That's what they're going to be saying. And then they'll be saying, go Pack Up. And then they'll say, go Pack Up. Can I, uh, just a quick question, I don't mean to derail us from this, but... Would, I, I think like Jordan Love is a great kind of uh, contrary comparison to Desmond Ritter, where Jordan Love was doing a lot early in the game, you know, getting that that offense ticking. They were scoring some points, but then once it got the crunch time, sputtered. Yeah, exactly. And Desmond Ritter was the complete opposite. He kind of took some time to get going, but then the fourth quarter. So I just think it's an interesting thing to kind of watch these two quarterbacks on some parallel tracks. The uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are two and zero, and we'll get to them in a moment. The Saints uh, are two and zero, and yes, I have to call them that. Apparently, on this particular show, <laughs> uh, even though I. <laughs> You know, I mean, oh my God! And of course, the Atlanta Falcons are two and zero. But uh, aside from all the two and zero teams, there is an zero and two team that is reeling, and that's the Carolina Panthers and Harper. They go on the road to Seattle, and this week there was the news that Bryce Harper's uh, Bryce Harper, <laughs> Bryce and Harper got kind of tied together there. Yeah. Uh, Bryce Young Harper uh, has an ankle injury that means the uh, Red Rifle is going to get the start in Seattle. Now, uh, here's my theory: his ankle's not that bad. No, my theory is... Yeah, you don't throw with your ankle, do you? Yeah, no, my theory is that they don't want him going up into that stadium against the 12th man. They have to find a way to win a game. They're deathly afraid in in Carolina that 0-3 means their season is totally shot. They don't want him getting kilt, uh, to use Hugh's old term. I I think this is an overblown ankle injury and an excuse by Frank Reich to put a veteran into a very difficult situation in what is essentially a must-win for them in Game 3. Well... Watching that game the other night that they played at home and seeing the crowd boo and then leave early. Mm-hmm. That, to me, had to have the administration, the staff, you know, the ownership going, uh, we didn't expect this in game two. Maybe in game 10, but not game two, right? It's too early for that. And, and they're not playing horrible football. They're just not. 
on the mark. They're just one mistake away from, you know, getting the touchdown or at least keeping the drive going. Go ahead, Joe. And they don't have a first round pick this year. So like they're they need to win. There's no incentive for them to be like, oh well, you know, we have this rookie quarterback. We can, you know, kind of have another bad record again, get a great, you know, skill player to team tandem up with him. That's not the situation they're in. They're kind of in a, you know, Bryce Young's our guy and we're gonna go win with them. And it hasn't gone well so far. And I got it, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of belief in the, in that program that that coaching staff has brought, whether whether that's what it is or the players, whatever it might be, well, but it just seems like there's something I read, lacking. There. I read something this week that Carolina's already starting to to make phone calls and see if, to, to your point here, to see if they can move way up in the draft. I mean, like way up in, into the top three by, you know, Fulton Brian Burns out there. Yeah, that's and, what I was going to say. And, yeah, there's and, only one guy and, on that roster that I yeah, would might not be a bad move and, and going after a Marvin Harrison. Yeah. To go with with Bryce Young. We we can't we can't blow this. We better get that guy. You know, you got Joe Burrow, you better go out and get your Jamar Chase kind of thing. Here's my problem though with that. You get rid of your best player, period, to get another guy that comes in when you st- you need five offensive linemen. Maybe four. You know, that's I, your problem. I, I, if you no, can't I, protect I, I, your quarterback you and you can't run. Right. They, they they've got bigger issues to, yeah, right. to solve rather than than uh, just getting rid of Burns. I mentioned the Buccaneers are two and zero under Baker Mayfield, and their offense has been uh, humming. Slants got his thing kind of going. I mean, we knew that they were going to have some uh, offensive, you know, punch here. But uh, they get a Monday night game at home against the Eagles. This is going to be a real test, obviously. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, well. uh, yeah. What what do you make of the Bucks so far? I it's I think it's so hard to tell, but I think we're going to find out a lot this Monday. I, I think that you know the, to see Baker Mayfield go up against this defense is going to be a different level than what he's he's seen obviously these first couple weeks. And you got to give Baker May, Mayfield credit. You, you don't want to take anything away from from players that are you know helping their teams go two and zero. Just like you know we're we're done with Desmond Ritter, but um, clearly this is going to be a different test for him, and it's going to be interesting to see whether he actually like capitulates under that pressure and has a terrible game or if he's able to hang in there. I, I don't think the Buccaneers are going to win this one either way, but I think that the the margin does actually matter if you're a Buccaneers fan this week. Well, I think it's a surprise that they're 2-0, and but who have they beaten, right? They went go to Minnesota. That was a surprise win for me. I didn't think they'd go Absolutely. to Minnesota. I thought Minnesota was going to say, oh, no, you're not beating us, especially yeah. early in the year and that's not going to happen. We're we're the ones that are going to win the division, not Detroit or anybody else. We're going to do that. And then they beat a bad Chicago team. So, um, hey, they're two and zero. The record speaks for itself. I'm not disappointed that um, they're there. You know, as a Falcon fan, okay, that's fine. But uh, I, yeah, Monday night, absolutely. I think the Eagles uh, take control when they can, and uh, they may win by ten or twelve. I'm, I don't bet uh, on sports. I don't bet on football uh, primarily because it's not like a religious. Because you're such a homer, you no. would never allow anyone <laughs> I mean, to bet I, against I, I Falcons. Don't, I don't. I don't bet because I suck at it. Okay? And, <laughs> you get uh, mad every and, time you and, lose money. And, you know, the last time I was at the sports book at Mandalay Bay, I said I'm done with this. Um, <laughs> but if I were uh, Kansas City's uh, ten, a ten to twelve point favorite at home against the Bears, uh, I would tease that game. That means you would pay for. I would tease that up to Kansas City minus thirty five. Yeah. Um, this <laughs> yeah. is this is going to be a bloodletting. Uh, uh, Harper, what is going on in Chicago? I still believe in Justin Fields. I have no problem with him calling out the coaching staff, fr- frankly, because I think he's right. But uh, you know, you got to keep it inside, don't you? I, I don't. I I heard the comment live, and he was just. I I I don't even think it was an error in judgment. He was just saying something and just talking and. You know, you do seven or eight interviews, 
a back-to-back and you're speaking like Arthur Smith is, I, I, I sometimes just wonder how on earth do you come up with anything new for anybody because you're, you're five times a week. You've mm-hmm. got to address people and try to satisfy their, their, their quest for, you know, information. <laughs> but, okay, did he say something a little bit silly? Yeah, I didn't take it out of context. Oh, well, there he's blaming the coaches. And he said, I'm not doing that, not at all. That's not what I'm doing. What bothers me about watching – Justin play is there are times when his emotions are not you know everyone goes to school now and I'm teasing you go to a, a, a school to learn how to not show any emotion you can't show any emotion in the league because right. if you do that's especially when th- bad things are happening but there's so many bad things that are happening for the Bears his passing is vastly improved from where it was last year but they're still losing badly, yeah. and it's not producing results. Yeah. But he looks sometimes like a deer in headlights. This isn't working. Nothing is. Like, he's either dropping the ball or no one's open. I don't know how to make this work. And you know, it, it, I, I agree with you. I thought that what he he, he misspoke, but uh, I don't think he was necessarily like you know. He um, wasn't calling out the coach. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I think what he was really saying when he was referring to the coaching thing was almost like. A self-reflection of like I have to be thinking less about he and this is just from his perspective like I need to be more just in a flow state in the game and not thinking so much about whatever it might be. Well, um, I would have had no problem if Justin had come out and said, "Look, my offensive line sucks, my coaching sucks, this organization sucks. <laughs> yeah, Please trade me. <laughs> Please trade me now." I mean, yeah, that wouldn't <laughs> would have done that, anything for that, you. That, to that would have bothered. I would have said, "Hey, Justin's right. Trade him." Well. Yeah, for all the for all the Justin Field stuff, I mean, what a week it's been there in Chicago with the defense coordinator issue. Oh, I know, had right? And, and all that they, stuff, they're man. trying to get the Allen Williams defense coordinator. No, you got go Google that one. Yeah, oh and, my and, God. I, and I saw some quote from Everflus this morning saying like, "We're we're growing together this week. We're really <laughs> leaning into each other." That is hogwash. That is stuff you, that you just Look, say because it sounds good. What's the over under on the number of touchdowns Mr. Taylor Swift scores today? Ooh. Oh, Mr. Taylor Swift. Yeah, uh, I'll give him a couple. Yeah, a couple. he'll find a couple of blank spaces in there, and uh, I think it's over two and a half. Some well, that means then, then Mahomes throws John for five touchdowns? Reference. Yeah. Or are you happy with just three? Are you a Swifty, yeah. John? No, I'm not a Swifty. <laughs> I think he is. Uh, I, I'm fast, though, I can tell you that. This hour of the Wade Ford Tailgate Show, of course, brought to you by our, our proud sponsor, Wade Ford, Atlanta's Ford dealer. When we get back, we've been talking about the injuries. Uh, the Detroit Lions are a bunch of banged up. Kitty Cats, we'll talk about that as we continue next. On the Wade Ford Tailgate Show on a Rise Up Game Day Sunday for the Atlanta Falcons, Detroit and Atlanta at 1 o'clock on Sports Radio 92 on the game. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.